Okay, take two. I just recorded the beginning of the episode, but then realized my microphone wasn't on. So here we are. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Meet My Mess podcast with moi, Carissa Harrison, the podcast where we talk about the messiest parts of life. I'm really excited to record another episode today. Um, The last episode, you guys heard episode six. Sorry if you can hear my dog eating in the background. He actually doesn't have any food, so he's just trying to eat air. But um, yeah, I I recorded episode six like two weeks back, so it's been a while since I recorded um, an episode. So I'm really excited to get back behind the microphone because that's the part of doing this I actually enjoy the production and editing, I have not developed an immense passion for. But yet, here we are. Not everything that glitters is gold. Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it out to strangers. (laughs) Yeah, you can listen to my podcast, though. Um, before we start the episode, I just want to take a minute to dedicate the intro of this episode to the victims of the events occurring across the United States, but specifically in Atlanta last week. Um, I think that it's really important that we talk about human rights issues and me having a platform like this now, I felt it was inappropriate for me not to comment on it. So um, from the time I've grown up, I've seen discrimination against the Asian community and this kind of othering of sorts of um, Asian Canadians in my experience. Um, And I really just want to reinforce how important it is to educate ourselves and to educate others. Um, It's our responsibility to be allies. It is no one's responsibility in that community to educate us on any colonial actions or anything that's happened in the past. So please, please, please do your own research. The last thing that you want is to look back on all of the changes that have been made in 2021 for human rights and think I did nothing. I just stood by Um, or I was part of the problem. So please, please look at your own behavior, your own thought process, um, avoid perpetuating stereotypes and just do your best to be an ally. Um, The events that occurred in Atlanta were disgusting. It makes me so sad Um, to see this outright display of xenophobia but these are the kind of events that have been occurring for years and years but unfortunately the media shows us a world that um, how do I phrase this the tragedies we see in the media often do pertain to tragedies occurring to white folk. And I think that it's really important that we acknowledge these events are occurring, even if they aren't the main in the mainstream media all the time. So yeah, that's kind of um, what I wanted to say about that. Um, Yeah. Yes. Okay, on a lighter note. Well, actually, it's not really on a lighter note. I am going to um, update you on my week. (laughs) I don't know why I like lost that train of thought. Oh, first, 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 before I do this. I know that for weeks now, I've been saying that I'm gonna start posting these videos on YouTube and then not. I'm sure some of you have gone to look for them and been like, um hey, they're not on here. And that's because I would rather propel my body off the side of the Chrysler building than put my face on YouTube. But I did a poll on my story and 
about 87% of you said you would rather watch this podcast than listen to it. So here I am. I'm not happy about it. I'm not excited about it. It's for you. But yeah, here we are. Um, And I apologize that the video quality probably isn't unreal. I'm still a fucking college student. And if any sugar daddies out there want to send me the budget to get some high quality video editing software, please slide into my DMs at Carissa Harrison. Thank you. Um, there was something else I wanted to say about the video. What was it? What was it? It's going to drive me nuts because I'll come back to it later. Give me a second. Give me a second. I'm racking my brain. Video, video, video. Oh, I knew I would remember. I always do. Um, I also want to say, because I'm videotaping this podcast now, I... I'm no longer going to be editing things out really um, because I would rather have sex with the last president of the United States of America before I figure out how to edit video. That is not something I ever wanted to do when I started podcasting. So these videos are going to be uncut. And as a result, I'm not going to put like different content on the podcast as I do on um, YouTube. So the podcast will be uncut, unedited. You guys are going to get an unfiltered me, which means a much more messy me where I spill my coffee on myself, where I break things, where I say things that are probably pretty inappropriate. And I probably shouldn't say on a public platform, but nonetheless, it's happening. I'd rather never work in corporate Canada ever again then edit a video. So here we are. Um, okay, now I'll update you on my week. I'm sure you guys are just loving seeing my beautiful smile. This is so weird. I hate looking at myself. Also, I really, really, I'm really sorry. This is what, what is, no, this wasn't what I was about to say, but now I'll say it. I'm sorry if my dog is like, you can hear the pounding in the background. He hasn't been out for a walk in a day because it's raining buckets here. But... Yes. Okay. I'll shut up. I don't know what I was going to say before. I was going to go back to the point, but I can't remember what it was now. Don't know. Oh, I remember. Oh, there was a little burp there. Sorry. That's gross for all you men watching. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh my God. I lost it again. I'm just a fucking train wreck today. I don't know. I don't know. Let's just move on because... I don't, oh, it's so, it's on the tip of my tongue and it's pissing me off, but it's just, let's just move on because I'm not going to subject you guys to this any longer. And if it comes back, oh, it's so close to coming back. But if it comes back, I'll uh, go back to it. Timothy, stop. Do you want treats? Oh shit. I shouldn't have said that. I don't have anything. Oh, Ooh. Oh, now he's just sitting there wagging his tail, aren't you? Oh, that was rude. Okay, I'm going to get you a little berry quick. I'll be back. Sorry, that was so rude of me. But I figured you guys would rather I ran away for two seconds than um, have my dog squeaking in the background. So there's the first example of me being a fucking disaster on this podcast now that's on YouTube. So there you go. and me choking on my own spit another moment that would have normally been edited out of the podcast okay fucking hell okay weekly update so this is gonna be a long podcast I went on a trip not a vacation that I took a plane or anything like that don't worry I went three hours um to the colder closer to the colder part of Canada, not that far, but three hours to go visit my best friend. I went on a road trip. We had a great time. We ate, we drank, we smoked a little. I met her friends, which was really nice because um, I, you know, as you get older, your friends start to live in different towns and you get different friends. So I got to go up and meet my best friend's friends and spend a little time with her new boyfriend which was nice because I got to know him a bit better um yeah it was really fun I had a really good time I really needed it I really needed to see my best friend I missed her a lot 
But my anxiety was fucking brutal for the whole week. Not the whole weekend. The last day was pretty okay. And when I was drunk, I wasn't anxious. (laughs) But um, yeah, the rest of the time I was fucking so anxious. My physical anxiety was awful. I spent the whole first night just puking up my guts. I ate maybe one meal the whole time I was there because I was just so anxious. And um, I think it's because I like was worrying so much throughout the pandemic, not worrying, but I was thinking, oh, I bet the first time that I have to go be social with new people and like kind of not a lot, but like six new people, um, I knew it was going to be anxiety inducing because we haven't interacted with people we don't know really at all since the, in about a year. So I knew it was going to be anxiety inducing. And when it came around, it was. And so I was puking my guts out. So fucking anxious. Um, especially after literally two weeks ago, I just like did a podcast and said, I'm coping really well with my anxiety. And then I had these intense panic attacks, but that just goes to show it's something that's going to stick with me forever. But yeah, that made me, it made me anxious to be around a lot of people. Um, So I'm here to tell you, if you're worried, it's going to be anxiety inducing. It is. But I think now that I've done it once and, um, yeah, done it once and like interacted with new people and kind of broke that barrier. I think that I am now not going to have that same kind of effect, hopefully again. Um, I also fucking forgot how to flirt. There was like this, my friend has this really cute guy friend. He's so hot, tall. Hopefully he doesn't, well, he's not going to hear this. He doesn't, he's not going to fucking listen to my podcast. That's so stupid. Um, but really tall, really hot was definitely down. He was super nice too. Um, but I just forgot how to flirt dead ass. That's it. I lost like I used to have this like insane confidence kind of say what I still do have that confidence to kind of say what I want to men and all that and um I don't know I'm just good at flirting I can't explain it but I'm pretty good at flirting but this time around like I just completely forgot because I haven't had to like flirt with someone in person and like usually if I've met like a new guy throughout the pandemic it's been someone that I've texted with a bit online and met on a dating app or something like that so the expectation was that he already like found me attractive, found me to be someone he would want to hook up with or date. So this was definitely a weird situation, but ladies, men, you just got to break the ice once. And then I think after that, we'll start to remember how to act like normal fucking humans, but it's definitely, it's really weird how much things can change. Um, yeah, I'm working to have some really excited collaborations with other podcasts happening soon. I have some guests coming on soon. So stay tuned for that. There's definitely going to be some kind of bigger, I don't know how, I guess like I'm going to start interviewing people that aren't part of my life. Um, people that have expertise in areas I'd want to talk about and collaborating with some really cool podcasts. So if there are any podcasts you want to see me collaborate with or any guests you'd like to see on the podcast, let me know. Um, and I'll try and make it happen. Obviously it's still early days in the podcast, but I'm really happy with the growth that's been happening. Um, up until now, I'm just fixing my sweater. Sorry. Okay. This week's episode, I'm really excited to do this week's episode. Let me take a sip of water and a sip of coffee because we just need them both. Hydrate while you dehydrate. This week's messy moment. Even when I wasn't on YouTube, I would always do that same action. Before... I announced the week's messy moment. I'm really excited for this week's messy moment. Um, it is something just in my loins, in my gut, 
I have been feeling I needed to talk about on the podcast. I don't know if any of you guys need this, but for some reason, I just feel like I need this. I feel like it's been a couple of years since my last really toxic relationship. And I was just kind of pretending like it didn't fuck me up. But I'm realizing now the behavior of my ex has made me completely emotionally unavailable and completely not open to trusting a single soul on this planet. So I just felt the need to talk about toxic relationships because I think that we've all been there or we all know someone who's been there. So I'm going to go through a lot of, not a lot, but a couple different topics related to toxic relationships. And I think it's going to be a fun episode. I'm excited. This is one of the episodes I've been wanting to do since I, since the inception of the podcast. I feel like it's one of those topics I have learned a lot about through past experience and I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty healthy in relationships for the most part. But (laughs) I am going to talk about first how I've been toxic in relationships because I'm not here to just like sit there and bash other people and act like I was completely innocent in everything that happened in my relationships, even though the fault was probably like 96 their fault, like 4% mine. I still would like to take responsibility and own my own toxicity. And I think you guys will find it entertaining. (laughs) So, right. I have written, I wrote down a list of like four things that I did that were toxic in my relationship. There's definitely more, but I'm just going to read this off real quick. Um, Oh, yeah. So my ex, like before we broke up, I wrote a list of all of the ways he's ever hurt me. And I sat him down in like a median style scenario and read him every single way he has ever fucked up, which in hindsight is really toxic (laughs) to sit there and just tell every, tell someone every reason why they're so shitty is like pretty fucked up. But in my defense, I was, my head was a mess. And my thought process was if I write down all of the points that I need to get out to this man before, like I need to get these points out to him to feel like I've, said everything I need to say to feel like he's heard everything I need to say. So I wrote them down because I didn't want to forget. And I wanted, this was like kind of a conversation of like, either we're going to make our, make this shit work or we're going to break up. And for me, I was like, I need my feel, my thoughts concise. Cause I was at a place in my life where I was spiraling pretty much just constantly. And this was, yeah. After the boyfriend that we broke up because of, the coerced threesome he's really pissed I've talked about that on the podcast as I've heard I don't even really want to waste my breath on this dude though because he honestly made my life a a living hell for two years after we broke up and the two years we were dating was less terrible than the two years after we broke up because he um stalked the living hell out of me he would show up at my house at 3 a.m. He, I would block his number. He'd get a new one. Um, I would block him on Instagram. He'd make a new account. He would email me every night. He would e-transfer me to get me money. He would just show up wherever I was. He would text my friends, text my family. Like it was like, that's like, honestly, the reason why one of the reasons why I don't want to get into another relationship because I don't want to go through a breakup like that again. It was living hell. Like imagine just trying so hard to move on from a toxic relationship and the person that hurt you so badly just won't leave you alone and like, won't let you move on. That was my life for two years. Um, yeah. Okay. The next, I just said, I'm not trying to like turn this around and blame it on anyone else. And I just did that. And I'm noting that I'm noting that I just made excuses for my behavior, but still it was fucked up. Oh yeah. Okay. Same ex. I threw a drink at him while we were camping. Um, 
I think that this is completely fair. I don't regret this at all because what he did was we were on the beach late night. There was like these two drunk girls that just like kind of like started hanging out with our group because I don't know, they were drunk and they were at our campsites and like more the merrier. So they were there one like super thin blonde girl and like her friend who was not as cute <laughs> but to the blonde one while I'm right beside him he goes hey like do you, hey do you want to go skinny dipping to the girl in front of his girlfriend I was like you're gonna ask some random ass bitch to go skinny dipping with you and while your girlfriend's beside you he didn't even ask me to go skinny dipping with him so I got really pissed off naturally I stormed off which it was really dramatic. We were like on this long ass beach and there was like this staircase that was like, oh my God, like hundreds of stairs. And I like stormed up it, whole fucking beach and all of his friends could see me fucking walk up the staircase. And it took me like five minutes and it's like, all right, like very anticlimactic. At first we stormed off, but then when it takes you fucking 20 minutes to get up the staircase, then you just start to look like kind of an idiot. He chased after me. I threw a drink in his face. Um... Yeah, very toxic, very fucked up. Not okay to ever throw a drink at anyone. But I was just living out like my best Jersey Shore life. I just, you have to throw a drink at someone at some point, but it wasn't okay and I'll never do it again. But yeah, he gaslit the shit out of me that week though. He, after, oh my God, why is my microphone doing this red and green thing? It's freaking me out because. I don't want it to not record. That would be so fucking sad. I want to make sure that I'm on the right microphone and shit. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, he gaslit the shit out of me. And what was next? What was I going to say next? Oh, yeah. We were on a camping trip and, like, he was so mad at me. He didn't talk to me for the rest of the trip because I threw a drink at him. But really, he was the one in the wrong, I think, still. And he made me like pack up our tent on his own and stuff. And all of his friends were like, bro, you're a dick. And they were like, dude, like, don't make her do that. That's fucked up. Like all of his friends were always on my side, which is just the cherry on top. (laughs) And even now, I don't think that they blame me for our breakup because they saw how shit he was to me sometimes. And I told them it wasn't that bad at home, but really it was worse. Um... What else? Oh, yeah. Do I have a... Okay. I was going to talk about a different thing first, but I'm going to just, like, continue on with this same ex because we're already on the topic. This same ex, I told him... This is probably, like, the worst one. I told him that if he didn't move and I looked him in the eye, I straight up looked him in the eye like this on the camera... I'm showing you guys on YouTube right now. And I was like, if you don't move in with me, we're going to have a huge problem. (laughs) And I said that to his face because he was on, we were on the verge of like moving in together and he didn't know if he wanted me to do it. And if I didn't move in with him, we would have had to do long distance for a year. And we, our relationship was already so like shaky. I was like, if, we have to do long distance for a year. No way this will work out. Um, in hindsight, I should have just done, done the long distance, but I told him this and I think it was the thing that pushed him over the edge into saying we should move in together. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I knew it wasn't okay that I couldn't like, it's never okay to give someone an ultimatum to threaten someone. But I did. My roommate earlier in the day had told me they're like, if my boyfriend didn't want to move in with me, I would be, there would be a massive issue. And this was one of my close friends. So I respected her advice. So I was like, you're right. This is a massive issue. And so I told him it was a massive issue. Um, But in hindsight, that was not the way to go about it. And you should never force someone to do or take a step in your relationship that they don't want to, because it's only going to make them resent you, which it did make him resent me. (laughs) So yeah, don't force someone to move in with you. Don't force someone to marry you. Don't force someone to date you. It's only going to end bad for you. Okay. Last way I was toxic. 
I wonder how long I've been doing this. I always tell myself to set a timer and then I never set a timer and then I always fucking never know how long the podcast is. The last bit of toxic behavior. <laughs> that voice just came out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Jesus. Oh. So there was also some emotional cheating. I kind of was emotionally cheating on my ex that was living in France. Um, this to me, honestly, I would rather a guy che- like fuck a girl. Sorry, have sex with a girl. I'm just trying to be conscious of my language because I know YouTube censors these things. Um, Had sex with a girl. What was I saying? I'm just thinking about sex sex with a girl. (laughs) No. Oh, I would. Oh, yeah. I would rather my boyfriend cheated on me physically than emotionally because... I can understand why, like, physically, like, if some, if you were to have sex with someone, there'd be, like, no strings attached. That would be, like, easier for me to cope with, I think, than someone, like, having a, like, FaceTiming someone constantly or texting someone constantly or, like, going on dates. Well, obviously, that's not, well, I guess it could be. Like, that wasn't what I was doing, but um, going on dates with someone else. For me, my ex, when I was in France, we were very wishy-washy on what we were because the pandemic was just starting to hit. And like, like I said before, he was either going to move to Canada or I was going to go back to France. Um, But yeah, the pandemic hit and I wasn't ready. If you haven't heard the story, you can go back to my debut, my first episode and hear all about Mr. Croissant. But um. My mom loves that name for some reason, Mr. Croissant. Uh, yeah, when I came back, I was just like being like a little bit of a hoe bag, to be honest. Um, there was just like this one guy that for some reason, like I just loved to flirt with. We never had sex, but we he was in like my, he was like this guy I'd met back at college, but he was in my friend group, I guess. So... And I like we would we would just flirt all the time. Um, there was no texting or anything like that. But whenever we'd go out, he would basically just like beg me to sleep with him. And I never did because I like I could just never like live with myself if I cheated on someone. But um, at this age, but it was not appropriate of me to be like massively flirting with like a guy continuously every weekend when I saw him and just like taking the attention. So. It feels good to get all this off my chest, honestly. Like, on, okay. Yeah, some of the shit I said that I just did was bad, but, like, it could be a lot worse. Really. I've already admitted that I cheated on my boyfriend when I was 16, so also, if you haven't heard that story, you can listen to, what episode was it? I think four, coping with with the loss of a parent and truth or drink with my best friend, Julia. Um... I talked about that story on that episode too, but it does feel good to just like own um, your shortcomings in a relationship because then you can look at them, move forward, move on. I don't even know why I have my AirPods in because literally nothing even plays. It just sits in my ear. But yeah, own how you've been toxic so that you cannot do it again. Learn from your mistakes. If you're pretending like everything in the relationship was their fault, you're going to have a really hard time moving forward and evolving from a relationship. So please try and reflect inward. We all fuck up. We all make mistakes. We all do shit we don't mean, especially when we are in that kind of blind state of love, honestly. Like when you're in love with someone, your thoughts can be so misconstrued and so your actions can be so out of character because you're just so overwhelmed by not wanting to lose someone or loving someone or being addicted to a toxic relationship. So reflect on your behavior. It's important and it's okay to mess up. Just learn from your mistakes and don't make the same mistakes again. Um, okay. Now I want to talk a little bit about what I've learned from toxic relationships. Um, 
So I have a kind of a strange view. It's not strange. It's actually quite common, but I guess not mainstream. I'm like, I don't have a very mainstream view on like monogamy, I guess. Um, I think that people come in and out of your lives for a reason and they serve you at that time for that reason. Um, I don't think as human beings, we're meant to be with the same person forever. If you can do that and happily it works out, that's the dream. I hope that one day I'm just like grateful, like lucky enough to be with someone that makes me happy for the rest of my life. But I would rather be alone or be go through a breakup than spend more time with in a relationship that just doesn't serve me, doesn't make me better. Um, because like, like I've said on another episode before, like that's just time that you are putting in time and energy you're putting into someone else. And like, at the end of the day, you know when a relationship is or isn't going to work out. So don't waste – you're not even – it's not even about wasting their time. It's about wasting your own time on someone you know you're not going to be with forever. It's just, like, really counterproductive. I understand how it can happen because, like I said, you become so engulfed in the relationship and you do love that person and you do want them to be there forever, but – if it's not someone that's benefiting you, I don't know. There's a difference between fighting for a relationship and leaving something that's not good for you. So how do I explain this? Like, I think that fighting for a relationship is so important and I will always fight for the relationships I'm in and to make them work if I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you 100%. We're going to ride this out until we can't anymore. But with that being said, that kind of mentality of riding it out to the end all goes out the window if your partner isn't willing to do the same. If your partner is expecting you to change and for you to do all the work, especially if they're the ones that are acting toxic more of the time, that is like the definition of a toxic relationship. You need to meet halfway. It's not like a relationship must be 50-50. That's the most important thing to me. And like, if you can think like, oh, maybe I do put in more work than my significant other, then you really need to think about that and really reconsider that. Because when times come that things are actually tough and problems actually arise, are you going to be the one that has to like, always like pick up, like, like hike up your pants, roll up your sleeves and fucking figure it out on your own? Or are you going to have someone that's going to be by your side and do it with you and make things easier? I just hope that oh it makes me honestly like nothing makes me more sad than like seeing people in relationships that just like make their lives so much harder it makes me so sad because I know how hard it is and like how much better it can be if you're not tied to someone that's constantly weighing you down and pulling you back like if I could put a metaphor to a toxic relationship, it would literally be like someone putting like a rope around your waist and like holding you somewhere, like tying you to a pole and you just like continuously running and running and running and getting nowhere because someone is not willing to meet you halfway. It makes me really, really sad, honestly. Um, yeah, like, yeah, like I said, as animals, we're just not supposed to be with the same person forever. So... Don't beat yourself up or think, could I have done more to make this relationship work? Because at the end of the day, physiologically, you're not supposed to love that person for the rest of your life, you know? Um, this, like, stuff fascinates me. I was about to get into, like, pheromones and, like, why we're attracted to the people we're attracted to. But, like, that's not what this episode's about. So I'm not going to go off on that ramble. But quickly... Now that I'm on the topic, I just have to say something. Um, we are, a majority of the reason we're attracted to certain people are because of our pheromones and our biological makeup. So it's okay that sometimes like 
your personalities just don't fit or your um, lifestyles just don't fit because a big part of why you may love that person is just like animal instinct. So find that balance. It's important to find that person you're animalistically attracted to, but is also compatible with you emotionally. Um, right. So one other thing I want to say, like one other thing I've really learned from toxic relationships is that the reasons I told this to my best friend once and every time she's having problems in her relationship, she always brings it up to me and says it's something that stuck out in her brain. So I'm going to share it with you guys because I think that it's very, very true. And the reason, so it is the reason that you and your boyfriend, girlfriend's partner are going to break up in the end are the same problems that you saw within the first like six months, week, whatever, the beginning of the relationship, it's going to be those same issues. So if you meet a guy and you're like, oh my God, this guy's so, so nice to me, but he like gives me like backhanded compliments out of nowhere sometimes, that's not going to change. That's probably going to be the reason that you guys break up in the end. Um, Or like, for example, in my last relationship, I was very, very concerned that my ex was not ready to be in another committed relationship because he had just gotten out of a very unhealthy two-year relationship. And in the end, the reason we broke up is because he needed to see other girls. So what I'm trying to say here is if like you're just starting to see someone and you already see these massive red flags that if they don't go away, um, they're deal breakers for you get out of it now because those things likely aren't going to change or like have a conversation with the part, your partner and say, Hey, this is something that's really, really not going to work for me. Is this something you can change or improve upon or willing to change or improve upon? Um, if so, then we can try and make this work. But if not, those are like the reasons you got to go, you know, like, I know it's hard, but Again, you don't want to waste your time with someone that isn't you're not compatible with. So, yes, um, that's very, very important in my opinion is to take note of those initial red flags because those are going to be probably your biggest struggles throughout the relationship. In my experience anyways, in all my relationships, the reason we broke up was because was the same reason that we were having issues in the beginning. So just take note of those things. I think that's all um, I wanted to say about that. Um, Yeah, the last thing that I've learned from a toxic relationship is that I'm always going to be okay on my own. Um, Let me just take a sip of water because my voice is getting super raspy. Um, Yeah, you're always going to be okay on your own. I know that it might seem like... It's just easier to stay than go because it's someone you've been in a relationship with for a long time. But honestly, some of my best points in life have been after breakups because you just start to feel so free. This weight gets lifted off of you. It's really, really hard for about two weeks. But wouldn't you rather go through two weeks of hardship than continuing on with someone for potentially years? That's just going to make your life a living hell you're always going to be okay on your own. You still have your family. You still have your friends. You still have your passions. You still have the world. Like you can still go travel. You can go gain new perspectives. There's so many ways that you can enjoy life on your own right after a breakup and realize how good life can be when you put that, redirect that energy that you put into someone else and put it back into yourself. Um, and I think it's really important that people are alone for a certain period in their lives. Like I was someone who, when I was 16, was in a relationship for a year and a a year and a half. And then once I was 18, I found another boyfriend I was with for two years. And then as soon as I moved to France, I met another guy I was with for a couple months. So, 
I have always been um, kind of in relationships, not because I've been seeking them out, but because they've just kind of like fallen into my lap. Um, Or I've just like met certain people that I connected with. But now I've been single for about a year and a half. And like, I like look back at the last year or not even, I've been single for longer than that, two years now. Um, I look at the past two years and I see like everything I've done. Like I've come, I've come such a long way with my childhood trauma and my eating disorders and my, just like my, my anxiety. Like I used to be able to not even like function, like I said before, and I've started a podcast and I've graduated university or not yet, but I'm about to graduate in a couple of weeks. And I've gone, I've gone across the world. I've reconnected with friends that were so important to me. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm like the happy, like the happiest with myself I've ever been. So, and I'm not sitting here trying to like put pressure on you to like think, oh, like since I've been single, what have I done? But I'm just saying that I've accomplished a lot more personally being single and I'm a lot happier being single. Um, because relationships are fucking hard work. I'm not going to lie. Like relationships are hard, very hard. And I'm just not really ready to put that effort in again. I would be if I found the right person, but like um, either the universe doesn't want me to have that person yet, or there's something like subconsciously blocking me from finding that person because I'm shut off to the idea of it somehow which is something I'm open to, but I'm just struggling to learn how to break down those walls. Um, this is not a therapy session. I'll shut up. <laughs> I just like kind of sometimes ramble and start to talk about my own life, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the other day I was sitting outside smoking a bowl this street, I swear to God, is so fucking funny. This is, like, not a toxic relationships, but I just, like, was thinking about this, and I thought that it's something that you guys would maybe want to hear. There's this lady that literally just, like, lives next door. She's so old. She walks past me yesterday, and I was smoking weed, and she's like, oh, fuck. I was going to say the word, but I'm not going to because YouTube, I see you you little big brother monsters. Um, she's like, I, she's like, I could use some of that right now. Like I've been smoking that shit since I was born. And this like happens quite a lot on my street. People comment about how much they could use some weed, could need some weed. And I'm like, and like, it kind of seems like they're almost implying, like, can I have some? And like, no, what like people always just this other girl that lives on my street too she always comes around and talks to me about smoking weed she's like oh I smell and I just know it's you and I'm like okay that's not something you say to someone kind of making me feel like a low life right now fucking Sarah don't know what your name is that's my mom's name but that's definitely not this girl's name I don't know what her name is I think it starts with an L she's super annoying and then she also walks past and she's like the other day sitting outside of my dog walks past and she's like oh sorry I'm late for work can't chat bitch I don't want to talk to you you are so annoying it's 7 30 a.m I'm trying to wake and bake and just take my dog out for a nice pee I haven't even had a sip of my liquid courage and you are thinking I want to chat to your annoying voice that sounds like this all the time with your glasses and your stupid dog and your ugly boyfriend and your fucking wig arms sorry she just really pisses me off she also came to the door one time starts knocking on the door banging actually 11 p.m I don't know if you guys know this about me but I rise and fall with the sun I wake up at seven and I go to bed at nine that's my sleep schedule unless I'm like out partying that is my schedule to a t there's no no if ands or buts about it 11 p.m. Bang, 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 bang on the door. It's Laura, Ashley, fucking, I don't know what her name is. Um, And she's like, can you tell your brother to move his motorcycle out of the visitor parking lot? And I was like, my brother's actually not in town. So that's not his motorbike, actually. 
Well, actually, I know who it is, and I know it's one of his friends. We went to school together. I know him. And I'm like, well, I'm telling you, I don't, my brother's not in town. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know whose motorbike that is. There's no one here that can assist you in moving this motorbike because I don't know whose motorbike it is. My brother is not here. Would you like to come in and search the premise? No one can move this bike for you. And then she sits there and I'm like clearly just waking up out of bed. Like I'm in my pajamas. My eyes are fucking have sleepy dust all around them. And she's like, well, it's just so annoying when people park in this visitor parking lot. And because then I have to park across the street and it's like, okay, well, anyone, the guy in the motorcycle would have to park across the street. Then you're not a visitor. You live here. She drives me nuts. Also on this street, there are People that just walk around in costumes, I swear. Like, I smoke weed in September, and I'm like, hmm. Like, maybe this is starting to go too far. Like, maybe I'm starting to go into some sort of... I'm starting to hallucinate or something because I just see Spider-Man doing backflips down the street. No lie. Next time that I see them, because it happens all the time, I'm going to post a video to my story. Um, we see Chucky just roaming the streets. Oh, who's that? Who's that? Oh, where, where's Waldo? Oh, like all the time, just like random people in random ass costumes. It's so weird. Also, remember when clown hunting was a thing? There was like those people walking around like in masks, like kidnapping people. I don't know if that was happening like in the States or anything, but that was happening here in Canada for a while. And it's pretty scary shit. All right, back on track because that was just like a side note, but something I just needed to get off my chest. Um, okay. Next little part about how to ditch a toxic relationship. Um, oh, sorry. Next little bit about toxic relationships. I meant to say is how to ditch a toxic relationship. Crikey. Um, So, like I said, realize you'll be just fine on your own. You have other people to um, be around, rebound if you need to, but that's probably not really in your cards if you're, like, dying to get out of a toxic relationship. Um, Avoid the person at all costs. This seems like a given, but it's something that a lot of people struggle with, including myself when I was in a toxic relationship, but... As hard as it is, you just need to block their number if they're not going to stop texting you. Stop going to the places they frequent because you know they're going to be there. And honestly, for a little while too, maybe cut off ties with um, their friends and family because that's just like another connection to you that they might take advantage of and if they talk to their friends about you and then it gets back to you, like you just need a break from them completely. You need to cut them out of your life completely. Toxic relationships are like an addiction. And you, when you're addicted to something, you just cut it, you have to like cut it out of your life. Um, you can't just go halfway. You can't just have a couple of drinks and be okay. It's the same thing with a toxic relationship. You can't have a couple conversations and go back to being sober from them, you know? Um, and the more sp- time you, sp- this is also like an addiction. The more time you spend away from that toxic person, the less you're going to withdraw from the toxic behavior and the toxic relationships. Because when you're in a really toxic relationship, you hit these extremely low lows with someone and you go in the trenches, you're upset, you get sick, whatever it may be that's so, so low for you guys. And then you work through it. Somehow you put a bandaid on it. I'm not gonna say you work through it. You put a bandaid on it. And all of a sudden you hit these immense highs together. And it feels like you guys are, you guys overcame something so difficult together. You guys came together and worked so hard and now you're flying high. And this high is unlike any other high because it came from such a low, low. Um, And you're just going to keep craving those highs because in a healthy relationship, you're not going to get that same contrast of low and high that you would in a toxic relationship. So um, 
But those highs are not worth those lows. Let me tell you, my kind of rule of thumb is that if your negative relation, your negative interactions outweigh your positive interactions, then you have a severe problem, like not a severe problem, obviously, but you have, your relationship does have a problem, have problems and you should probably think about what is going on. And like, I heard about this kind of ratio of arguments from somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but I remember when I was in my relationship hearing this and thinking my negative and our inter negative interactions definitely outweigh our positives, but I did everything to just like convince myself that that wasn't the case, that it wasn't true, that we did have more positive interactions, even though tangibly, if I wrote down all of our interactions, I could see that the negative ones were more, I just ignored that piece of advice because I didn't want to end it or I wasn't ready to end it. And I think that's another thing with a toxic relationship is you need to, um, how do I say this? I lost my train of thought and this wasn't a point I had written down. So it might be gone forever. Let me think. Also, I'm so, my posture is so, so bad on here. Okay, well, I guess that I can't really remember what I was saying. I'm going to pick up my microphone. Um, I really can't remember what I was saying, so I'm sorry. It was probably going to be a really good point. And when I listen to this back and edit it, I'm definitely going to remember what I was trying to say, but it's going to be too late by then. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, it's really pissed me off. It was such a good point. Uh, all right, it's gone. If it comes back, I'll let you guys know. Um, how to talk to a friend about their toxic relationship. This is something I really wanted to talk about because I think it's something that's really, actually, I'm gonna have a sip of coffee first. Quick. Really hard to do. It's hard to tell when it's appropriate for you to step in, where you're crossing boundaries. As a friend, no one likes to see their friend in a bad relationship. It's also very exhausting for the people around you sometimes when you're in a toxic relationship because my friend used this term emotional whiplash. It's like where your friend's like texting you at one point being like so upset, like this is the end. I can't continue on like this. It's so hard. We need to break up. And you spend hours on the phone with them, consulting them while they cry, telling them it's all going to be okay, telling them we're going to go through this together. You spend hours that you could have spent on yourself consulting your friend because that's what you do for a friend. That's what good friends should do. But then the next morning you text and you say, how are you doing? How are you feeling? They're like, good. We talked it out. We're about to go get brunch. Love you. Thanks for being there for me. And then you don't hear from them for five days because they're busy with their toxic boyfriend. And you just spent hours being there for your friend and they are just so blinded by their toxic relationship, they don't even realize how much it takes out of someone to listen to your friend's problems with their boyfriend. And it's also really, really, really hard when this person's in your circle and it's someone you have to see all the time. And if you have a friend that's constantly telling you all of the toxic shit that's happening in their relationship and you have to go look them in the eye and pretend like you think that this is great. You have to watch them kiss when it literally just makes you want to vomit because you're so sick of hearing about their relationship. It's, it's tough because this is something I've struggled with a lot with a lot of my friends, honestly. And for a while, it made me really, really, really angry. It made me so frustrated that I would spend hours being there for my friends for them to just like go back to these toxic men. But I think something that you need to realize is that it's not as easy as it seems. Like just saying that you're going to leave, like saying, telling your friend to just leave, it's not that easy. Because, oh, this was the point I was going to make. Because... If you're in a toxic relationship, no one can make you ready to leave that relationship until you hit your breaking point. That was the point I wanted to make. I'm so happy it came back. Um, as much as you can tell your friends like, oh, 
this relationship is bad for you. I've seen these changes in you. It makes me sad to see this. Like, I'm worried about you. They are not going to leave until they've reached that breaking point. Again, like, if you're in a toxic relationship, sometimes it takes, like, your friends becoming distant for your family to become more distant. Sometimes it takes those things for you to sit there and think, wow, I've lost everything around me as a result of this relationship. And I, I don't want people to get confused thinking that I'm saying that you should ditch your friend when they're in a toxic relationship. That is the actual opposite of what I'm saying. I think it's very important to be by your, stand by your friends in, when they're in a toxic relationship. But there reaches a certain point when you can't keep repeating yourself because it just takes energy out of you. So I think that the best way to talk to your friend about a toxic relationship is sit them down, have a conversation and say, hey, look, you're, this is concerning to me. You are always crying. You've lost weight, whatever it is. Tell them your concerns. Tell them and be specific. Tell them I, it concerns me when he's, that he's texting another woman. It concerns me that he is doing this, doing that, or she's doing this, doing that. Um, lay it all out. Tell them how you feel about the relationship and let them know you're worried. But after you have told them, like have this conversation with them and you let them know your opinion. After that, you just need to be there for your friend. Like, I think that after you have that conversation, a lot of the time your friend will get the hint back off a bit and like realize like, okay, I'm like Bailey said on episode three, like, I know this relationship is toxic so I'm not going to keep bringing other people into this relationship and talking about it just for them to like hate him and hate him more and stuff like that, because that's really all you're accomplishing. Um, but with that being said, when your friend does text you or call you when they're having hardships afterward, because even though they will back off, like it's still your friend and they're still going to come to you when things are hard, they might stop coming to you with the darkest darkest shit and I know a lot of the time when you talk to your friends about toxic relationships they leave the most toxic parts out because they're so embarrassed honestly but um I think that in that case scenario when your friends start to text you after you've already made your opinion clear you ask them say do you want my advice or do you want me to just listen because if they ask for your advice, then you have free reign to be like your boyfriend's shit. <laughs> Sorry, but like if they do, if you they say that, then like or I think you should break up. I think that that is fair. If they say I want you to just listen, you say okay. You let them get their thoughts out. Once they're done getting their thoughts out, just say okay, yeah, that's really hard. I love you. I'm here and I'm here for you. And then that way you're not wasting your energy on this person's relationship because either you're just like a listening ear and you don't have to emotionally involve yourself in their problems or you get to actually give your real opinion and hopefully make some progress. And majority of the time, honestly, when someone is talking to you about their toxic relationship, they don't want your opinion because they know your opinion is going to be to break it off. (laughs) Um, It's just the truth. It's just how it is. Um, yeah, but I think it's really important to not put your energy into your friend's toxic relationships because it always just makes you resent the friend and that's not fair. And I know it's hard when your friend's in a toxic relationship because it often means you get to see less of them. They start to treat you a little bit different. They're someone that was maybe one of your closest friends now has all their energy involved in someone else. And that's really, really hard to, um, go through as a friend but I think it's really important that you just like focus on yourself focus on your other friends um and once that person sees like oh this my best friend is spending time with other people because I'm too busy with my boyfriend hopefully that will maybe be a little bit of a wake-up call for them I know in my case scenario it definitely has been um 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to say about how to talk to friends about their toxic relationships. I also definitely skipped over a lot in the last segment, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Um, I think that, however, I do think that there is a point that it's fair to walk away from a friendship if the toxic... I don't know. I'm not going to say walk away from a friendship, but I'm going to say distance yourself from a friendship because I don't think it's necessary to walk away. And I think that eventually those bridges can be mended. But I do think that there is a point where it's appropriate for you to step away, kind of take a backseat in the friendship because not even take a backseat to just kind of stop your, with your involvement in the friendship so much. And that is the point when your friend starts treating you as a friend poorly because of their toxic relationship like ditching your plans because they want to be with their boyfriend or never ever ever making time with you because they're always with their boyfriend um things like that it's not fair to have a friend be treating you like shit and then also be their shoulder to cry on about their shitty relationship that's a recipe for resentment and one I know too well. So think about that. And also if you are the friend in the toxic relationship, um, make sure you're talking to someone you can trust and someone who's there for you. And do just try to be sensitive to the fact that your relationship is not just affecting you if it's really toxic, to be honest. Um, it does affect your friends and family too. <sighs> it's fucking shit though. Toxic relationships are so, so hard for everyone involved. They're just like a mess. Um, I hope I never have to live through another one again. I will not allow myself to live through another one again, actually. Oh, and this is another thing. If you're in a toxic relationship and you're constantly complaining to your friends about your problems, that's fine. But it reaches a point eventually where your friends are just going to start to be like, you're just like allowing this to happen now. If you, I had like a friend, we're not friends anymore because she stole money from me. That's a story for another day. But um, her boyfriend was just like constantly cheating on her, like all the time. And she would always cry and talk to us about him. But it's like, but he cheats all the time and you just like go back to him. Like, if someone's constantly treating you wrong at a certain point, it's you're, it's not their fault. You're the one that's allowing them to do this. Like, obviously, it is their fault, but, like, you know what I mean. You're allowing them to do this. You're allowing this behavior to, to occur. So, you're pretty much asking for it. <laughs> oh, that was mean. Um, I think that's – oh, also, I just want to make it clear. I think that also if you are – your friend's in an abusive, like a physically abusive relationship. Um, definitely please step in and say something. Um, it could mean someone avoiding a really bad situation. So if there actually is like physical abuse or anything involved, please step in for that because gosh, yeah, awful. Um, sweet. I hope you guys liked this episode on toxic relationships. I was going to answer some listener questions, but I think I'll save them for next week because I didn't have that many anyways. I just realized I've been like asking for listener questions and clicking on the wrong box to find them. So I definitely missed a lot of questions, but I always will be posting um, my questions on like the little question box on my story on social media, but you can always DM me um, on Instagram or on Twitter. If you have a question or at me, whatever, just any social media, you can ask me a question on, I'll write it down um, as long as I see it. But the best way to do so is in the Instagram stories that I post every week. My Instagram is at Carissa Harrison or at Meet My Mess Podcast on Instagram. And my Twitter is Carissa M. Laura or Meet My Mess Pod. I also have TikTok. It's Carissa H99. I have 
literally no followers on TikTok. So give that a lo- some love. The algorithm just hates me <laughs> for some reason. Um, have a great week. It's rainy as all hell here in Vancouver. So I hope you guys have nicer weather wherever you are. Thank you again for listening. I don't say it enough, but it really, really means the world that even however many of you tune in each week do. I've honestly been really, really impressed by like the rapid growth of the podcast. And I'm so happy that people are enjoying it. I'm open to taking all feedback, but please say it nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, rate me five stars and share the podcast with your friends or on your story. I'll always repost them, but yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode and I'll see you next Thursday, maybe with or without a guest.